1: There's a very good example for us in Australia. It's a company called Gold Road. What they did is same for us, same like us. They explored through cover, and they made a discovery. It, it very quickly grew to about three and a half million ounces. They then not JV'd it, but they sold half of it to Goldfields, and Goldfields ended up supplying the capital and building the mine. But Gold Road stayed in uh, for 50% of the project. They are now a one and a half billion dollar company. So that's another model. That's sort of a halfway house.
0: Welcome back to Mining Stock Education. I am your host, Bill Powers. If you would like to engage the show or the topics I cover or any of the sponsor companies that I feature, feel free to email me at bill at miningstockeducation.com. I hope that your mining stock portfolios are performing well. One company that I'm excited about in my portfolio that is performing well and that is also a sponsor of this show is Ocino Resources. Right now, it's trading in about the mid-80s Canadian. I was reading a report recently by Stifle Equity Research. They put a speculative buy target on the stock at Canadian, $1.85. My personal target, if the company's successful with the upcoming 20,000 meter program, is a little higher than that. But nonetheless, uh, an explorer in a gold bull market, I expect to do very well. The website is osinoresources.com. You can find it in Toronto under the ticker OSI and on the OTC in New York under the ticker OSIIF. I'm joined today by Hayadon. He is the co-founder and CEO of Osino Resources, as well as John Andrew, who is the exploration and country manager. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Haya, if I could start with you, there's going to be a lot of new listeners to my show that haven't heard of Osino Resources before. So for those listeners, could you give perhaps a 60 to 90 second overview of why someone might consider investing in Osino Resources?
1: Yeah, thanks, Bill. It's great to be on the show again. Thanks for having us. So Osino is an Africa-based gold exploration company with activities in Namibia. Uh, We recently made an exciting gold discovery in Namibia, which we are now in the process of advancing. Um, I would say there are a couple of key aspects to our company. One of them is management. We, we of course, you know, we know what we're doing. We've had success before. We've delivered value before um, in gold and in Namibia. I'm a Namibian citizen myself. Um, we are in a great country. Namibia, you've got to th- think of it uh, like Nevada. It's a uh, very well organized, um, very good place to be. Very easy to operate and it um, seems to have an emerging gold belt, which um, which we are busy exploring. And lastly, we have a blue chip group of shareholders, starting with Ross Beattie, who's our biggest shareholder, um, resource capital funds out of Denver. And after this latest financing we did in January, we've got a bunch of other Uh, well-known institutional investors that are standing behind us and enabling us um, to do what we're doing. So that's, that's really what Acino is all about.
0: So prior to this international virus pandemic that has, uh, seen governments give requirements for what businesses have to do if they continue operating or telling certain industries and businesses to shut down. How has Namibia, the jurisdiction you're in, responded and how has that affected your work program?
1: So Namibia has responded similarly to South Africa um, by instituting a fairly strict lockdown um, about a month ago. And so most companies basically uh, locked down, uh, like us, we're operating from home, John and I. Um, our technical field staff is at home and we're not active now. Um, mining companies in Namibia have continued to operate on a sort of skeleton basis. But um, the Namibian government made an announcement that there's, there is going to be a partial lifting of the lockdown. We're very excited about it because it means that Osino can get going again can start drilling again and can start uh,
0: becoming very active again. So behind the scenes, what have you been able to accomplish during this time of working from home?
1: I'm going to hand that to John because, uh, you know, John is my exploration manager and he, um, I've, I'm only there to raise money, set strategy, and make sure that we keep going forward. But in terms of the engine room of the company, that really is John. He, he, he is um, employee number one. He's the first guy that I hired. He helped me acquire the and consolidate the portfolio in Namibia. And he also put the team together, put the entire Namibian infrastructure together and implemented the exploration program that resulted in this discovery that we made. And of course, he's quite preoccupied now, again, with getting us going. Um, and he's driven a number of technical studies and initiatives over the last couple of weeks that kept us quite busy over the lockdown. So, John, over to you.
2: Thanks, Haya. Thanks, Bill. Um, yeah, we've actually uh, been able to keep fairly busy um, all our sort of geologists and professional staff um, all working from home, but we've we've instigated we instigated a few um, studies before the lockdown um, in March that have continued through this period. Um, particularly structural a structural geology review of the drilling that we did last year, um, just to look at um, our results, our interpretations, and give us a, a different view on those and that is is pretty much complete and we'll be able to use that to to refine our drill program when we start up again next week. Um so that was a that was a very important um uh, study that we did. Also we've engaged consultants to look at the drill results from last year and, uh with the view to um checking all our standard operating procedures and so on. Um um that will ultimately we hope lead to the um resource estimate later in this year or early next year that this twenty thousand meters of drilling that we're going to get going again with um will will help uh get us there so the 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 consultants the mineral resource estimate consultants have been looking at our results and have done a, a check of some of our procedures and so on that um we will continue with when they are allowed to return or at least travel again, we'll get them to, to go to Namibia and do a a fairly typical site inspection and so on. Um, we've also done some interesting work on some of our call from last year where we did some hyperspectral, um, imaging of a few holes, um, which we've been, um, we've received those results now and we've been, um, going through them and they're throwing up some very interesting, uh, Subtle results, some some conf- confirmation of our logging and um, earlier petrography work, but also some subtle variations in alteration that we think might be playing a role in some of our um, higher grade mineralization. So, those studies have been ongoing um, in this period. And then also, it became fairly clear, I think maybe a week, two weeks ago, that the lockdown would be lifted and that we probably would be able to. to um, proceed with the drilling and other field work, so we 've been getting things ready, ordering the necessary um, supplies and PPE that will be needed to make sure we can operate um, with all the precautions that are needed um, when this partial lockdown um, or the lockdown is lifted, and we can car- we can carry on
0: John, I understand that over eight hundred meters of the planned twenty thousand meter program have already been completed, so when you get those drills turning again here shortly. I believe, if I recall from my conversation with Dave Underwood last time, about 60% of the holes are going to be step out or expansion holes, and about 40% are infill. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, that's about right. So we we managed to get some drilling done um, before the lockdown in March. Um, Four holes were completed, and um, so we'll get back to the two diamond rigs to to continue. And very much the focus is on, as you say, there's a, a split between expansion drilling um, to expand what we know at Twin Hill Central um, and some of the other prospects uh, along strike. And then also the, the more sort of um, routine, if you like, um, infill drilling, closing up the drill spacing, the section spacings and the, um, the drill spacing along the section lines as well, down to 100 by 50 or, so, or something like that across the Twin Hill Central Body itself.
0: With the mineral resource that you hope to have out before the end of this year, what categories do you expect those mineral resources to be in? Inferred, indicated, measured?
2: I think realistically, we, we probably would aim to have have inferred. Um, I'm not sure that we would have enough detail um, to have anything um, above that. We will do some fairly detailed drilling in a small area, so potentially we could get something um, in that area where we we might go down to fifty by fifty. Um, drill spacing and perhaps we could get more than inferred but I think realistically uh, most of
1: it
0: would be an inferred category. Would you like to add something, Haya?
1: I just want to do some expectation management because I don't think it's going to be by the end of this year. Basically, the plan that we've always communicated was that we will spend the rest of this year doing intensive drilling but then typically, it takes another three months or so to convert that to um, resource work because, you know, you've got to wait for results to come in, you've got to interpret, you've got to, a model and so forth. So I always said that internally, um, we're targeting, it would be great if we can get something out before PDAC next year. But to some extent, it also depends on the success that we get because, um, you know, we're not hung up about putting out a resource. Um, of course, ultimately, exploration needs to uh, end up. Uh, or, or leads towards resource defining resource but the first resource that we will put, put out needs to be substantial um, and you know to some extent we if, if if with the drilling by the end of this year the the key number isn't there yet um then we will just keep on drilling because uh, ultimately we will get there and I mean to me in terms of what is the key number I mean I've always said that it's sort of the respectability threshold is probably between you know one and a half 2 million ounces, will we get there by the end of this year? I don't think so. Um, sometime next year, I think that that chance exists, but it depends on the drilling that we're going to do. Um, so, so therefore, I think a good expectation is to expect a maiden resource sometime in the first half of next year.
0: Thank you for clarifying that, Haya. And John, I understand that not only will you be expanding the Twin Hills central discovery, but you're also doing work at uh, various targets throughout your land package.
2: Yes, very much so. Um, A long strike from Twin Hill Central at Twin Hills West and clouds and the barking dog prospects that we have. We've, we've only put a few holes into those really. And um, there's a lot more work to be done. Um, And that's partly why we uh, started doing an IP resistivity survey um, in March as well, is to help us refine some of the targeting on our strike, um, along strike targets as well. Um, And, as well as the the drilling, there will be other other work, with more regional work going on on the rest of our land package and other projects as well. Yes.
0: Hiya, is there anything else that um you you would like John to emphasise in terms of what the plan program for twenty twenty is?
1: I would just like to say we all internally very excited. Um, you know, I want to re-emphasise also remember everything we're doing is undercover. Um, so this IP work and, and the structural work and some of this technical work that John was referring to is very important because our exploration is more difficult than, 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 than it would typically be in places where you have outcrop. Um, but in a way, it's like for us, to me at least, it feels like uh, we're about to unwrap some more presence. Um, and that makes me very excited.
0: Haya, can you talk a little bit about for those listeners that aren't familiar with your past success, uh, building um, two companies and selling those companies? Share a little bit about your exit strategy when it comes to Osino. I saw a question online, somebody wondering whether Osino might possibly spin out a project or sell the whole company. How do you maximize shareholder value by determining potentially when to sell? Could you talk a little bit about this, please?
1: Yes. The short answer is it will be driven by value and, but I will go give you a longer answer too. Um, And I mean, shareholder value. So, uh, you know, What makes us successful or what is our core competence, I believe, and and mine and and the companies? And that is we stick to our knitting. So I think junior exploration companies generally are good at um, raising money, being entrepreneurial, putting packages together, doing exploration. I think Osina has been very good at all of that. Um, But we're also good, I think, at um, raising the risk money to take exploration to resource development. That's what we're doing right now. Um, We're not necessarily the best people at building mines. I mean, I have built mines for Gold in the past, so I'm not scared of it. Um, But I think the question of when we will exit, what you asked me about, will be driven by value. If if the market gives us appropriate value, um, you know, at the feasibility stage of this project, um, then I think that will be a good time to start looking for partners that that, that can help build the mine, i.e. sell the company. But, you know, as as that uh, Internet observer that you mentioned, it could be that we sell the project only. It could be that we split the company and carry on with exploration. It's hard to say at this stage. I think uh, most importantly right now, we need to create shareholder value um, so that we can continue to raise money, continue to execute our programs. And I think with that, by by delivering credible, quality uh, projects, that will bring interest from producers. And that's why I think it's just a logical conclusion that ultimately it's, it's probable that that a bigger company will end up building the mine, so to speak. But it's too early to, to give you a definite answer on that.
0: When I mentioned at the beginning that my personal target for Osino, if you're successful in a gold bull market, which I expect gold to continue to rise over the next couple of years, is higher than that uh, equity research firm. Um, I'm assuming we're successful. It's a gold bull market. And one of the things uh, you, of course, I am aware of is you don't want to overdrill because I talked to a successful uh, mining entrepreneur who had a true discovery, multi-million ounces. And I talked to him years later and the project still isn't moving forward in terms of the share price valuation. And he told me flat out, he said, Bill, we overdrilled it. The market wanted us to drill, 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 but it wasn't the wisest thing to do you spend all this money drilling and now i here i have a multi million ounce deposit <laughs> my share price is in the cellar and nobody's asking me to buy it now so you of course are mindful of us a, a situation like this right haya
1: sure yeah. you know they sometimes refer to it as the lasonde curve or the value curve and the conventional thinking is that as you know as, as as you move along that value curve once you go from resource definition where we are now to project development, which which often involves or which usually involves a lots of infill drilling, basically converting inferred resources to indicated resources. I mean, that's a hard slog because you're not adding answers, you're just making the answers better. The conventional thinking is that the shareholder value or share prices don't increase then anymore, that typically you have a period of, of share price stagnation until you get to production and cash flow and so forth. And so the warning is that you shouldn't get stuck in those doldrums So, yes, we are conscious of that. Um, And that's why for now we are focused on growth, making more discoveries, making Twin Hills bigger, but also focused on certainty, i.e., making it better, improving the quality, making it more certain, reducing the geological um, uncertainty, and basically bringing the ounces to book, meaning um, declaring a real resource on it sometime next year. I think that is still a key milestone for us. But then thereafter, it's in the stars. I mean, there's one example. Sorry to digress briefly. There's a very good example for us in Australia. It's a company called Goldroge. What they did is, same, for us, same like us, they explored through cover. And they made a discovery. It, it very quickly grew to about 3.5 million ounces. They then, um, J, not JV'd it, but they sold half of it to Goldfields, and Goldfields ended up supplying the capital and building the mine. But Goldroge stayed in uh, for 50% of the project. They are now a $1.5 billion company. So that's another model that's sort of a halfway house. So there are various ways and means how you can achieve an exit, but I think it's always going to involve uh, M&A in some shape or form.
0: Haya, you mentioned in our last interview that during your last financing, there were some significant investors in, I understand, institutions that came into the company. Is there anything more you'd like to share about that at this time?
1: Yes. um, You know, that last financing wasn't a private placement. It was a more advanced form of financing, similar to a board deal. And what that meant is that um, the stock was immediately free trading, which is positive for us. So there's no four month hold hang up, which Canadians know, the Americans know know less. Um, And I explained that because financial institutions, bigger investors, they don't like um, when the stock is held up. So the fact that it was free trading enabled us to bring those institutions in. And I mean, they really are the who is who of the sort of mining investment. Universe in Europe and in in Canada and some in the U.S. RCF are a cornerstone investor together with Ross. They also increased their position. So yeah, they're they some well known and very very high quality names um, in Canada and the U.S. and Europe that came into that financing.
0: John, I noticed that there have been a couple of explorers that are popping up around your Twin Hills discovery and your land package there. Uh, what can you share about this and its significance, and what it speaks to what you're doing, and also how can investors be assured that you picked up the best land in the area?
2: Yeah, it's, thanks. It's 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 an interesting thing. I think um, it's first of all, it's gives us a bit of vindication, and it's nice to see that um, fellow explorers are are recognizing what we've achieved. Um, I think it's it's a sign that. What we started out thinking and saying, which was we believed that um, Namibia and the Damara part of Namibian geology was underexplored for gold resources, is is true, is right, and our discovery at uh, Twin Hills has 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 shown that. Um, I think we were fortunate; we were we came in at a good time um, when not many people were thinking like that, and so we were able to pick up what we think are the best pieces of ground. Um, it also gave us an opportunity of getting in quite early to, to look at a lot of things. I think we looked at a lot of um, different gold occurrences in Namibia, um, some of the, the larger deposits as well, and we built up quite a lot of um, knowledge quickly. Um, we had some of that knowledge already from experience in Namibia before and gold experience elsewhere, particularly with Dave Underwood. Um, but we managed to build up the, the Namibian-based knowledge Quite quickly, um, starting off on some of the projects that we we acquired basically from Helio in the early days, um, and I think our focus coming in with a very much a orogenic gold um, strategy, focusing on key uh, geological structures, has allowed us to to focus on the what we think are the best pieces of ground, and not only in the Karabib area but elsewhere in Namibia as well in in, in the Damara. Um, so I think it was getting in early, having having an approach that maybe hadn't been uh, applied to Namibia gold exploration by by any many or any companies in the past. Certainly, junior explorers. Um, I think it gave us an edge to get what we think are the best ground, the best ground, following the key structures. Um, so we, yeah, I think it was it was largely that early.
0: Um, advantage we had. Hi, as we bring our conversation to a close, well, what final thoughts would you like to share with the investors listening to us?
1: Yeah, I just wanted to um, highlight what John said a little bit more because John tends to be conservative and 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 humble, and I like him that way. <laughs> but um, but I have to say that what we've done there in Namibia has really been a technical coup, um, and it, it and and I say that because um, what John described there, going in without dogma, approaching things with an open mind um so john and dave did that they excelled at that they did that very well um and the, and you know at the same time my role in that is i gave them the funding and i i believed in them and i kind of in inverted commas said me to do this and so it took us two or three years of hard work and spending around 10 million dollars of preparatory exploration that ultimately led to this discover discovery but the discovery is real it's legit it has size and it's going to turn into a mine. so i'm, I'm very proud of them and i'm very proud of john of what john and dave have, have actually done there and I think increasingly our, our compatriots in the industry are recognizing this. And it's, it's, that's, that's, that's
0: motivating for us. The company, again, is Osino Resources. Website is osinoresources.com. If you're in Toronto, find it under the ticker OSI. On the Frankfurt Exchange, you can find it under R2R1. Or in New York, under the ticker OSIIF. Gentlemen, thank you very much for coming on the show and providing an update. I much appreciate it.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you
0: The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts, might cost 50 or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances